0: Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week, we have Andrew Clover with Bald Hog, the current number one team in KCBS. Andrew and I have been friends for a long time, and he's had a remarkable story as a pitmaster and as a person. He hails out of South Carolina, is a rabid Clemson fan, and cooks an absolutely fantastic Low Country boil. So please join me in welcoming Andrew Clover. So I'm here today. With one of my longest friends in barbecue, and that's actually real. I've known Andrew Clover from Bald Hog. for We've cooked barbecue for nine years. I've known Andrew for eight years. And uh, one of the first people that I ever met and one of the nicest people I've ever met and still continues to be one of the nicest people. How are you doing, buddy? And I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Okay, before uh, we get
1: started, congratulations on that grand this weekend. That was
0: awesome. (laughs) Glad I was there to see it. Thank you very much. I was very glad to win it. You know, it was one of those things that I had three people in the trailer, and it was tough, and somehow it worked out, and I had good food. I mean, I thought my food (laughs) in Myrtle Beach the weekend before was just as good, but, you know. Yeah,
1: you got to get lucky, and... and. You got to cook good food and get lucky, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before we even get into the questions, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. You made a post today about how you were taking a time out to enjoy where you are right now in the KCBS standings. You, right now, you are number one in the world in barbecue. Somehow I am, yeah. I think and, I've just uh, competed more. I've just competed
1: more than everybody else
0: you know people have said some shit to me too and i'm like i'm like hey yeah i've spent more money than anybody
1: <laughs> right yeah
0: <laughs> but exactly. it is it is a fun place to be isn't
1: it well it is you know I've, I've been doing this a long time and never been close i remember one year after bainbridge i was like six and i thought that was the coolest thing um so yeah no i have I've, I've been cooking pretty well and and ranked up there so it's, it's fun while it's while it lasts but yeah, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off here, and uh, yeah, the, the, you'll be flying past me along with everybody else, all, all y'all good cooks. Uh, I'll be an afterthought here in a couple of weeks.
0: Well, that doesn't matter, <laughs> because like, I thought your post today, you made a post on, F- post on Facebook that was, I thought, very thoughtful like about how you were going to take some time and just, even if it's just five minutes, and just look at it and just be like, wow, I, that's cool. And well, yeah, we've we've
1: been running pretty hard, and and you know you're, you're just worried about the next one, and you're worried about you know getting ready and going to compete. And sometimes you got to sit back and go, hey, you know, I've had a I've had a, I've had a good little run here. And yeah, I've got something to something to to be proud of there. So yeah, that was.
0: Well, I'm gonna enjoy why, it. That's why I think it's great that I'm having you on. I, again like i said before i've known you for a long time you were one of the people when kim and i first start, started you invited us into your trailer and uh god you had the old white trailer that was all that you put together and uh, house, <laughs> the hog house yeah that's right <laughs> and we were in there and i just remember being like walking out and going looking at kim going man this is why i do barbecue because this guy is a cool guy and like we got to meet this guy um and it's been so great now to see you out there at the top and that's been so much fun to enjoy well i appreciate
1: it it's uh it's fun and then it's 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 fun to get out there and and see y'all see everybody that uh especially like this weekend we had a
0: great time right oh my god i don't even want to talk about the location because i don't want it to get overrun with people but know like, keep that a, keep that a secret, <laughs> but just what a great location and what a fantastic just time, and also Andrew put Absolutely. together Andrew put together a Friday night. He did a low country boil. Yeah, I had not done that in a
1: while. And I, you know, like the week before, I, I ate pizza off Jason and uh, a couple of times. You know, it was just my turn to to, to cook, and uh, that's one of my go to dishes, and
0: it it's was good. good. It was fantastic, and I got to be honest with you, I'm a low country boil critic, and that was the best one i ever been to. It was well-seasoned, the shrimp weren't ever done. I told That's you wow. that. I told you that like a hundred times. I'm like, man, these shrimp <laughs> are so good.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it. I think everybody had a good time. Those cookies think, that Vivi brought were fantastic.
0: Oh, my gosh. Were they not? They were so good. Yeah, they were. It was just a great yeah, it The fun? only thing
1: I learned there is when I have a big crowd of people like that to uh,
0: keep the door to the motorhome locked don't let people go in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I did go into that bathroom, but no one will ever know if I was there. <laughs> I'm, the cleanest, <laughs> I'm the cleanest bathroom user ever. <laughs> now, I am a notorious bathroom user. Like I'm going to sink into every bathroom I can, but but you'll never know I'm there. I'm going to I'm gonna set up security cameras next time. You're just mad because I saw some shit I shouldn't have. <laughs> yes, I know. Been That's trying not to keep on that me. I've been trying to keep that a
1: secret for years, and I just let you in to go look at it. <laughs> That's not on me. That's on you. That's all on me. Lesson <laughs> learned. I wrote that down. I got notes.
0: <laughs> well, let's get into it a little bit, buddy. What... All right, man. You're a great pit master. You have been for a long time. You've been in this game for a long time. How has your career and life experiences outside of the barbecue prepared you to be a pit master? Well, I'm I'm in the construction industry and um, many
1: different facets, you know, from in the field to in the office project management, management and estimating. So I think that, you know, you're always under the gun and you're always under a time frame and you, you, you got to do things right. Some cases, lives depend on on you know, doing your right. job correctly, and something's always going wrong in construction. So you got to learn how to adapt and learn how to uh, you know overcome some adversity. And it's you know it's kind of like barbecue. You know you got to be prepared. You got to you got to come in with a game plan. You know when you go into a meeting with a, a CEO of a Fortune five hundred client, you you better know what you're talking about. You better be prepared. Right. Um, Uh, And then something's going to happen in in the field, you know, it's going to rain, something's going to break. So I think those experiences of just being prepared, knowing how to work through changes and just getting the job done, that prepared me to, to, you know, go out and cook. Similar, similar kind of things, I I believe.
0: Well, and that's, I mean, that's one of the, there's a hundred ways to say it, but I always say, you know, one of the things that I learned from, I worked construction for like two weeks, <laughs> but and it was always like measure twice, cut once. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you can apply that to so many things in your life. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're right before you make the decision because if you make that decision, then you have to go do shit again at cost well, somebody money and somebody time. <laughs> right. And when you cost somebody money, then you get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, so, cut
1: that brisket right the first time, right?
0: Oh. Yeah, I've run into a couple of those things. (laughs) In barbecue, we talk about our successes and the things that we've done great. And everybody loves to talk about that. I like to talk about failures and things that have not gone your way that have taught you something that you've applied moving forward. And you think about every competition and it makes you a better cook. Do you have any favorite failures of yours? Luke, I've got a
1: file cabinet over there full of failures, man. <laughs> in life and in barbecue. But I think I think we learn the most uh, about anything, whatever it is through failures. Because if you win, uh, if you're successful, you just, you know, you, you, you don't study what you did a lot of times. If you fail, you have a sense of I got to fix this and I got to make this right. So um, I've learned a lot, uh, you know, like I've been doing this a long time and it took me a long time to get good at any of it. I'm still trying to figure it out on a lot of things. So um, failures are part of it and it's what you learn from it and what you take away from it. One thing, you yeah, know, I, I don't really have any, uh, I got a ton of them, but you have specifically. A, you got a specific, like a big one? Well, it, it wasn't a failure. It was a failure in the cook. It went on a failure on anything that I did, but. Uh, one year, the last year I was in Brasstown with the stumps, you know, I was a low and slow guy then, put it on at 10 o'clock, went to, well, went and saw people, then went to sleep, uh, wake up at five to six, wrap uh, meat. Well, that that year after uh, me and you closed the uh, resort down on Friday night or Saturday <laughs> night the year before, I came back and, you know, had at a, at a head full of steam, was looking to repeat there. Put the smoker together, put the meat on, went to bed, woke up, 6 o'clock. The dial on front of that stump said 53 degrees. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Is it a bridge? I had bridge. The only time I ever had a bridge at a competition. I'd only had one in the driveway before that. But uh, that right there was a failure on the equipment part. Shortly after that, I decided I was going away from gravity feed smokers. And I decided to get that jambo. Less moving parts, no bridging. You watch the meet the whole time. So right.
0: Learn from that.
1: And said, "Hey, We're going with something different.
0: You just mentioned something. You mentioned a term to me, driveway. No. Um, you have a thing called King of the Driveway. Is that right? That is right. The KOD. What's King the, of the KOD? driveway? Talk about it. Well,
1: it is. It's meant to be practice really it basically is practice it's get in your driveway figure out your figure out what you're doing figure your craft out figure out what works for you before you step foot into a competition practice 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 know what you're doing don't go into a competition going I'm gonna you know try this new rub out or I'm gonna try this new temperature out sit in your driveway and figure it out there before you go out waste a lot of money at a competition
0: and that's something that's I think is important for people to know about is the time when we started and we were trying to get better. Like I was cooking every weekend, at least two competition meets every weekend for three months. Yeah.
1: When, when I first got started, I, I bet there was maybe a, a four weekends a year that I didn't cook. I was always out there trying something different, trying placement, meat placement, temperature, wrapping sequences, something just to learn and, and get better. And try to
0: try to try to create a better product
1: in the end, but it took a
0: while. Right. And you gotta be the king of your driveway before you can to be the king of the contest, right? Right. Yeah, it's that's absolutely that's, right. That's fantastic, man. That's and I think you've put together cooks with other teams and stuff before. Is that right? no well i've i've compete i've competed i've gotten together with a couple of my
1: friends that are local and we've kind of cooked together not a whole bunch but uh a few of them
0: yeah it's one of the things we've we've done a lot of times is we'll bring judges to the house and cook our yeah food. that's something i've never i've thought
1: about doing that but i've never done that
0: yeah we get feedback and it's 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 been uh, i think it's the same concept you know like really dialing it in before you go out there so you have the confidence and you know you know your steps a lot of times you get people that are watching you or you're watching people i'm guilty of it i've done it before and watching what other people are doing and like oh maybe i should try that it's like did you try that in the driveway (laughs) yeah right yeah exactly see if it works
1: because somebody might be lying to you. I know I've been told wrong information before. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not enough to have one little bit of information. You gotta have it all. I mean, you know, right. It, what do you use? How much whatever brown sugar do you use? Well, how much brown sugar I use depends on how much other stuff I use.
0: And it's just that repetition is such key. Yeah.
1: You gotta so. you gotta be comfortable. And, and knowing what you're doing, because the meat's going to be different. The temperature's going to be different. Something's going to go wrong. But you got to know what you're doing ahead of time before you best, get to it,
0: before you go. The best part I know about all this is that you and I are both full of shit because we both cooked two different pork recipes this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> how do you know? How do you know what I cook? Because you told me. I leave, Did I leave that out too? <laughs> nope. That's saying it. (laughs) So let's talk about gear a little bit. Andrew has probably one of the nicest motorhomes that you'll find on the barbecue circuit, and he has a jambo. But what is the most worthwhile investment that you've made in competition barbecue? My time and my commitment to, to, to
1: learning this sport, learning to get better, is is the most worthwhile investment i've made i mean if you put forth the effort to to learn different things and to get better you yeah this is a, a money hog for sure but you can get some money back you can't get time back so uh if you want to be good at about anything you got you got to put the effort in the time in to get better and to learn so i don't know um, like that. we talked about earlier you know when we were getting started you just cooked all the time cooked every weekend sometimes you know on holidays you just you know, cook cook during the day if you were home from work. So, it's the it's the time that you spend, you know, trying to learn to get better.
0: I don't know that I've had a better answer to that question. That is, hundred percent right, and that is a great way of thinking about it. I now, when you do that, when you when
1: you commit that kind of time, some you you give up something, right? You 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 forego something else uh, to focus on this. So it doesn't come without a cost. There, that's for sure.
0: A lot of times we don't talk about things that we give up for barbecue. And I've missed my annual golf trip for eight straight years. Right. So many family functions and everything. And I mean, they are understanding, but, you know, you miss it at the same time because like, that's cool too. But sometimes I like to, I like to cook 12 weekends in a row. (laughs) 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 exactly (laughs) sorry i missed your birthday
1: your 12th birthday but (laughs) right i wanted to go cook
0: (laughs) but i needed that third place chicken
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) like when you first started out doing competition barbecue what were some of the best decisions you made
1: i started documenting everything I, I took notes on everything that I did, everything that I tried. And uh, we joked a little while ago about a bunch of failures in the file cabinet. Well, every I've got ever, I've got a sheet of paper with notes on it for every cook I've ever done in my life going back to 2008. Yeah. Probably. So um, you either take notes, you know, as you're doing, or, you know, I would, I would get done with a competition, make notes on what went right, what went wrong, same way in the driveway, of practicing. A because I you want to you you want to see you don't want to have that perfect brisket out of nowhere and not know how you got there right right you don't want to you don't want to repeat a, a failure when you you know when you mess up so a long time ago I just started making notes of like everything that I did and I got it in my spreadsheet nerd so I've got it all in <laughs> a school, all kinds of stuff so I reference that take my computer with me in case I need to look up anything. From, yeah. Like I said, something's going to go wrong in a comp and, and, and you're going to you know, go back in your mind and go, okay, that happened. That happened two years ago. Like we were in Withville. I, don't, I can't, you don't believe you were, were you with that devil in Withville last time? No. Before? It was right after the hurricane and we were on top of that mountain and the wind's blowing 35, 40 miles an hour straight up the boiler door. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta come up with, you gotta come up with something to go fix that. Because it couldn't keep heat on the on the smoker, so
0: I had to do that. Take notes on
1: everything all the time. Still do it.
0: So right on, right on. Let's talk about people a little bit. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? I don't think I can name one person because so
1: many people have been good, so good to me and my family. There's been so many times where people have helped me out, lifted me up from some family issues that we've had and uh, yeah, I couldn't single out any one person because it's it's too many to name. They've all been wonderful. They've all taken care of me when I needed it and uh, continue to do so. So
0: yeah, it's uh, the barbecue, when we talk about barbecue family, and a lot of people throw that term around, I know that it's a lot more serious and sincere to you. Than it is to a lot of people.
1: I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't buy into that necessarily until two years ago, and it is. It is it's a, it's hundred percent true. Uh, I've never met a more a, a group of people more more uh, loving and caring for other people than uh, than the barbecue community,
0: and I appreciate every one of them. And I said that wasn't going to make you cry, so I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, we still might get there, but who knows? Yeah, <laughs> it depends where this line of questioning goes. <laughs> I'm gonna, when you think of the word successful in terms of barbecue, who's the first person that comes to mind? I'm going to say Darren Wars,
1: even though I have never met him. I was at Sam's the year he won it. It just seems like there's he, he's done everything in barbecue, I'm successful in that. It sounds like he's successful in business. You know, he can go away and run his business for a while, and you don't hear about him cooking. And he comes back and he'll, yeah you know, throw a grand out there or reserve after a year. So uh, he, he's the one that comes to mind, uh, first of
0: all. Yeah, he's. I'd like to meet him sometime, but oh, you know, we ever cra- cross paths too much. We'll see if we can make that happen. He's a good friend of mine, and I think you guys would actually get along a lot. And, uh, Because his thing, the thing that I think he does better than anybody else is focus, especially at the majors. Like, he goes to a different place. Right. And it's one of the things that I've learned the most from him is like, how do you get to that place? How do you block out, you know, your business? How do you block out your family? How do you block it all out for that 12 hours and be like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do right and then that's his superpower man that's like but i think you have that superpower too you are one of the more focused persons i've ever seen in the barbecue contest.
1: i like to zone everybody out <laughs> especially between 11 o'clock and, and brisket turn in I uh, I uh you've seen me i got my earbuds in and, and, yeah. and I'm, I'm doing my best to ignore any and everybody it was a little hard when we were down at Pirate Land, but uh, we had all the all the snowbirds uh, coming over and asking me, I, I bet I answered, did you build this pit 400 times that weekend?
0: <laughs> well, then you had a jackass come over with a speaker and dancing for, for, for about two minutes. It was a good time. I think that was before 11, so I, I played along. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was fun. That was. Leanne was like, where are we going to go dance? I'm like, Andrew's right over here. I think we should do that. <laughs> you shot me with your water pistol and everything. It was good. I was cooling you down. You were hot. I was. I was smoking. So, what do you think was the biggest turning point in your life as a pitmaster? Probably getting that first first grand under your belt.
1: You know, you that, that told me I could do it. Um, and 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 you know, the the success could be, you know, it could happen in this, you know, I went a long time without getting one. Um, I mean, I didn't start out as the most serious of cooks. I mean, we started out this thing to go have fun on the weekends and, you know, you get a, all of a sudden you get a call and you start taking a little bit more serious and you start winning some money and you get real serious. But uh, I think it was after that, that first grand that I got down in Cleveland, Georgia. I want to, I want a cabbage patch doll for my first grand.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Is it back there? Do you have it? (laughs) No way. So we're not going to... There's the Cabbage doll. Wow, that is a real... (laughs) It is a real McCoy. I got a
1: birth certificate and everything. In the first four years, they called me to tell her happy birthday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's maybe the creepiest barbecue trivia I've ever seen in my life. No doubt, man. <laughs> wow, that is fantastic. Oh, my God. Oh, so, How no, that, yeah, that,
1: was, that was a big day. I hit a 709. 709 Dang.
0: and change for my first grand.
1: <laughs> I've been close to that since.
0: 709, that's
1: crazy.
0: You know, I come yeah. up here in the Northeast. Well, depends on where I go. I come down there to South Carolina. I'm a Yankee. I go up north, then I'm a rebel. I don't understand. I live in Virginia. It's fine. But, uh, well, yeah, I'm from there. Um, it's just, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> so you strike me as a touch of a superstitious fella.
1: Superstitious? I don't know about that.
0: No. Maybe. Do you have yeah. habits and rituals or routines that you do?
1: The only real ones I have are um, my playlist. You know, I have a, I have three playlists for the weekend, and they're all meant to, to put me in a different
0: state of mind. Friday is the
1: Friday playlist, obviously.
0: Yeah. Low-key, you know. Little, I have a Friday playlist. What's on your Friday play. playlist? I don't know. It's, it's 10 hours long. <laughs> Mine's mostly Zeppelin, Beatles. Uh, mine's shit that Kim won't listen to.
1: So, yeah, I get a lot of the, uh, what is it? The, 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 70s singers and songwriters, you know, Harry Chapin, Cat Stevens, that kind of thing.
0: Oh, there you go. Uh,
1: then you throw in some Adele, and, uh, you know, you might have a little Eminem in there sometimes just, you know, to per- make, make sure you're still awake on Friday. You mix it up.
0: Look What's your Saturdays list is
1: like? Oh, hard and heavy. If they made it in the 80s and it was on at uh, headbangers ball, <laughs> it's on <Wow>. Saturday.
0: <laughs> okay. What's the third playlist?
1: That's the one nobody hears. That's the Saturday go time. That's the eleven o'clock earbuds in until brisket's over. And it is uh and it and I I am not allowed to talk about what's on that one. That's fair. That's the that's the head that's the loudest and the heaviest and and the one the songs that mean the most to me. So
0: That's fair because Kim and it's getting in that zone
1: and and, and blocking everybody out except for what you know what I'm doing and that just helps me.
0: Kim and I started. We have a playlist for each meet now. Oh wow! And 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 it evolves. If I hear a song that I think should apply to somewhere, you know, but now like, I mean, I know the time and I'm like. This yeah, weekend. there was some there was some misconception out there for a while, and I never debunked it because I thought it was pretty funny
1: that people would even be thinking about it, me in that way, but that that I had, yeah, it was timed, 11.45, this song's on, and, you know, right at Chicken, this one's on, or whatever, but I let people think that because it keeps them, they're thinking about what I'm listening to, they ain't thinking about what they're cooking. So.
0: <laughs> you should tell them it's the Sade the whole way. although there's some there's some shit on our playlist where people are like
1: what oh oh i got plenty of ABBA on mine too on friday
0: (laughs) absolutely (laughs) you can't go cooking without dancing queen man no you can't why we're cooking food for fun in a parking lot you know you gotta do it exactly so do you set goals for yourself I
1: do. Um, I used to set like, all right, I want to get, you know, this many top tens in a meet and this many top fives and I want to, and I want to win this many, but you know, then you never, res, you never get close to achieving those or, you know, it's, you can't help it. Right. Uh, you can't help scoring. Um, so now it's more, you know, just how do I like it and how do I grade myself, um, in a cook, um, you know, I, I don't want to forget anything at home. I, I, want, I, I want to, I want to stick to my timeline. I want to
0: adjust when I have to. So do you, have a, do you have a set program for the week before?
1: I, Oh yeah, I do. Cause I mean, I got a pretty busy, pretty busy life with, uh, with, with kids and, and work. So I try to, I try to get started on Monday doing some tasks, you know, you know, hour or so just, you know, getting rubs together, maybe making sauces or something. Um, try to do something every day so it didn't just stack up on me when I get to the end of the week or, you know, Thursday night, I may have a late meeting or I have to work late. And, you know, you don't want to get behind and, and and not be ready. So I think the less stressed I am, the, the the better I cook. So if I'm prepared and I got my stuff ready, uh I just feel better going into the weekend.
0: Right on. Do, do you have a pretty set schedule when you're cooking? I mean, jambos are pretty reliable. Do you, you ever get a gut feeling about meat, and you're like, maybe I should do X, Y, Z? Well, yeah, like I said, spreadsheet nerd. So I mean, I've got things down
1: to the to the to the thirty minutes and fifteen minutes, and and I try to stick to that. But also, you know, gut instinct does kick in, and, and you and you you make, maybe make a on the fly decision. But it's all that it, on the fly decision is something I've done before. It's uh, it's not anything crazy or new. It's just hey, you know what Th- this is not doing this right or um, the meat's going too fast or too slow. Let's let's make an adjustment now, um, right? So you so you hit your mark at the end. So is- the gut feel comes. You know it's a science to an extent, but then it's also an art. So you got to know when to when to break free of the of the of the timeline. And, you know, do what's right
0: right i i had that happen this weekend you know the brisket it, and i'm like man you feel like you're about to give up but you haven't you know <laughs> and finally I'm, i've had enough and i pulled it out and i opened the foil and it it had juiced mm. and i was like it had, when i okay so this is for my father-in-law to listen to this when a brisket juices it means there's a lot more liquid in the foil than what you put in right that means stuff's rendered and maybe you're going too far <laughs> and i was like i yanked it and i was like it's like okay like i've got too much in here I'm like but i think we had you know we had some weather things this weekend and that's always a big thing when you're cooking
1: yeah, I think I got lucky on, on the weather. Uh, I think it was angled. That wind was angled enough that it hit the back of the motorhome. And right where the firebox was, it wasn't, wasn't blowing in it. If I walked like five feet toward carry
0: yeah, blowing my hat off. So I got lucky there this weekend. Yeah, I had it blown right in my box. It was fun. <laughs> like I said, at Whitfield, I had
1: that same thing, I, mm-hmm. you know. I had my, had my camera set up in front of that chairs, tarps, everything.
0: <laughs> What's the most surprising thing to come out of competition barbecue for you?
1: The friends I've made. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't get into this thing to go make friends. Uh, probably spent everybody laugh. You know, people who have known me a long time and cooked around me a long time. They would always say, you know, we get to awards and they look at me, and go, we didn't even know you were cooking. You never you never come out of the trailer. <laughs> I went bar, barbecue started out for me as a, as a get away from, you know, just the hecticness of life and, and everything. So I didn't go there to talk and I didn't go there to meet people. And, I, you know, went to I went to get away from life and cook. And then, uh, yeah, I was surprised at the, at the, at the, at the friendships that I made. You know, I, I consider the people out here my the, the best friends that I got. You now, wasn't something I was after, but uh, wouldn't trade you or any of them else for anything,
0: absolutely, man. And I agree 100% with that sentiment. It's you know, you find people that you wouldn't have met otherwise. I'll give an example Jason Hardy. You know, I wouldn't have met Jason Hardy ever in my life if it wasn't for barbecue, and I'm thankful for him being in it. You know, right? Just right. I mean, yeah.
1: you know, we, we we none of us live close to each other.
0: I mean, we we weren't gonna
1: you know meet anywhere otherwise. And 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 uh, yeah, I'm lucky to have uh, lucky to lucky to have met the people that I've met.
0: Right. So, what advice would you give to a smart young? person who's about to get into competition barbecue, what advice would you give? <laughs> go buy a bass boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fishing's fun, man. I won't
1: uh, I've done it before. Yes, it's almost, ex- it's almost as expensive and there's no reward. <laughs>
0: well, and this weekend I was sitting there going, man, if I had a fishing pole, my cook would go a lot worse because I just sit here and there's this one bass just hitting right in front of me. And I was like, oh, God.
1: <laughs> so um, the very first time I cooked down there, I've cooked down there probably six times. And the very first time I went, I was like, man, I'm bringing my fishing rod. You know how many times I've taken my fishing rod to that place? Zero.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you'll be distracted.
1: Yeah, I'll be fishing. <laughs> oh, man. What advice would I give to to somebody yeah. wanting to get into barbecue? Yeah. Well, well it, I'm going back to the driveway. Uh, and the, a couple things, you yeah, know, yeah. learn, well, first of all, you need to learn what tenderness, the correct tenderness is on meat. Um, everybody gets caught up in recipes and sauces and rubs. I mean, there's so much out there that works and we all use similar stuff, but different brands. And it's, it, it, that's not the differentiator. I don't think is cooking the meat right. And, 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 and learning what the tenderness is on, on KCBS, um, and if you can get out and, and you know, try somebody's food, um, a good cook's food and learn and learn what that feel is, that mouth chew. Um, I remember, you know, about six years ago uh, down in Lawrence and, and a, a really good cook at the time gave me a piece of his chicken. And I was like, how in the world do you get your chicken to be this good? I didn't know it could be this good. And he didn't tell me what he did, but I came back and I tried this and that and everything under the sun until I got that tenderness that I tasted from, I think he won chicken that day. So I was like, I, I, I have to figure out how to, how to get my, pick of meat to be that good. You know, yeah. everybody thinks their stuff is good until you try one that actually is. So uh, no, try no. to find out that, try to talk somebody, not me, into giving you a piece of food. And uh, and then get back and just practice it and figure out how it works for you and your cooker. Um, you know, people people exchange recipes and people take classes, but it, it's got to work for you, your timeline, your smoker, and 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 how you do things
0: and what feels right to you, what's
1: comfortable to you.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. I mean, that's I think that's what a lot of people get wrapped in up into and people ask me all the time like what's the best advice i would give and it's always go take a class on what you cook on right you know because some injection, some rub some process on a different piece of equipment is not going to work on your piece of equipment necessarily right it, that guy's cooked that a hundred times on that piece of equipment he knows it works so right.
1: yeah, yeah that's another thing it, it's good uh, an upper coming like when i started there wasn't no there wasn't internet there wasn't facebook there wasn't classes galore
0: right
1: um, we just had to figure it out but yeah it, it, it's a good thing for for somebody just getting started to go, go take a class i've only taken two um and uh it's, wow. been, it's been seven years since i took one and uh i just sit over here and dream stuff up that i think might be good and i <laughs> But get a good score. It, it, it gets tried again, and if not, I would go on to the next thing. So
0: Wow, classes
1: at the time it just seemed to confuse me even more. So I was like, I just need to, I just need to figure
0: it out by myself. There is a lot of that. You know, you can go take so many classes that you don't know what's what. Yeah, and you get confused, and I'm totally guilty of it. Uh, but I'll, I've had ten. Um, you get taking ten classes. Yeah, I try to take
1: one every year. Um, I took uh, I took Rub and Dan uh, Three Eyes the year after Dan uh, Three Eyes won Team of the Year um, down in Florida. They did a school together. Oh, yeah, um, good stuff. I mean, I still use a lot of both of their techniques uh, in my cook. And then I took uh, Tenacious Cues um, class in his living room it was small small class about 10-12 people Um, (laughs) back when he was he he just got back from the Jack uh, and he'd given a class that winter so I took his I still use pretty much 95% of his rib recipe today so
0: wow
1: I got out of that class and went to Bainbridge and took first in ribs out of like 97 people. And I'm like, well, there's my rib recipe. And I hadn't changed it. (laughs)
0: No, my scores tell me I need to like tinker with it a little bit. I think you're doing pretty good in ribs right now. Well, Andrew, I want to thank you very much for taking some time. Oh, no, my pleasure. But now we're to the favorite part of my interview. Oh, Lord. Which is the rapid fire questions at the at the end oh, these are fantastic I'm gonna have to think <laughs> I don't know if you will or not but what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you probably not much because I don't really pay attention to it um that's why I love you so much I don't I
1: don't I'm not on i hardly I don't think I'm in any barbecue groups um <laughs> Every you know, you become friends with someone, and two seconds later, they invite you to like their page. And I don't, I, 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 I live in my own little world, and I don't get, I don't, I don't get caught up into
0: it. Into You're it. Better room, off for it, buddy. It's amazing. <laughs> and that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on today because I'm like, nobody knows this guy. And he's <laughs> fucking, he never leaves his motorhome. <laughs> he's unbelievable. He's a great guy, and. Like people should know who Andrew Clare is, <laughs> and now you know why, folks, because he doesn't entertain social media. <laughs> I got an account, so I just don't. I'm not active, real. I don't. I don't. I don't get into all
1: the all the drama.
0: <laughs> Do you have a favorite pre, during, or post competition meal? Oh, absolutely. Ask anybody.
1: Stouffer's Stouffer's a lasagna. No way. The meat lovers kind.
0: <laughs> After.
1: After I craving pasta and, and Italian food after a competition, oh my god, nothing really, nothing really beforehand. But man, there's a stofers lasagna every weekend at, at, at my comp.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? Present that I like to give to people, yeah.
1: Ooh. probably not. I'm not a very good present giver because that I uh, I'm the worst. <laughs> Jody was a. Jody was in charge of all the, you know, the Christmas presents and she was in charge of all the Christmas presents. And then she worked at a department store here at the mall in town and she got huge discounts and she knew what she wanted. So she would just buy her own Christmas presents and birthday presents. So I'm really bad at it.
0: Really? I I am too. And it's just because, well, I'm kind of good, kind of bad. I'll buy a present if I think it's important to buy a present. And it's normally going to be underwear. <laughs> and just because I have this brand of underwear I love, and so I send it to people. because I'm not telling you, you what my birthday is. You don't even need to tell me your birthday. All you need to tell me is your address. And it shows up. And <laughs> then all of a sudden your life has changed because you're like, I don't understand why I'm wearing these terrible underwear. I on. got it these underwear it's amazing <laughs> and i'm not <laughs> saying, underwear i'm yeah. not saying their name anymore because they're i've first them about like my i would love for them to make a pair of barbecue underwear so I'm like i've turned so many people on you would sell this like put a jambo on underwear It'd be amazing. yeah exactly right yeah because people are going to see it because half of us have holes all
1: in our pants anyway
0: Right, my favorite pair of barbecue pants. That's a giant gap to the right side. Yep, <laughs> amazing. Someone asked this question. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions about you? Ooh.
1: Probably that I'm not approachable. Well, right now it's I'm a good cook. <laughs> Right now, as I know what I'm doing behind a, a, a cooker, um, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> um, probably that that I'm unapproachable or you know, try to avoid people, um, or I don't like people, which I don't, it, it's, not, it's not the truth. I mean, I do wear a shirt that says I hate people at barbecue competitions, but that's more of <laughs> a joke. But you know, I guess it just comes down, you know, I've had, I've had. I've had friends come up and say, my wife thinks you're rude. Cause you didn't talk to her on the way back from turnips. I'm like, I've got Motley Crue blaring in my ears at 11. I didn't even know she was there. Sorry.
0: Right. <laughs> like and I'm by myself and I got a thousand things to do.
1: Yeah. I cook alone. That's another thing. I, I haven't had a, a cook partner since like 14. So I do everything my, by myself. So, you know, if I'm there and I'm I'm, I'm, I like people. I like to talk to people, but I don't like to talk to people when I'm busy and got
0: something to do. So, I know not to some people. I know not to come before 11, <laughs> 11. But I'll come way before that and just do it. I I've, I've I've witnessed it. <laughs> so, if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with a message getting it out there to millions or billions, what would it say and why? it would say,
1: don't take anyone or any day for granted. Uh, enjoy life and every day you got in it and the people in it. Uh, you never know when that opportunity is just going to be taken away from you, uh, at any moment, you know, life is a beautiful thing. Go
0: live it. That's That's what i tell people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think about that every day. And I think about the people I've lost and, Thought about it a lot this weekend, you know, with my mom passing yep. basketball and you know how much she would have enjoyed this weekend and you know, a bit of I, yeah. I, I know I was
1: I, I enjoyed our talk after uh, after the awards, so that, that that made me feel good.
0: Um I was happy for you. Yeah, it was but a- I think
1: about that every cook I'm at. So
0: I I do too, my friend. I do too. And Experiencing heavy loss really puts a lot of things in perspective for you, especially when you're doing something that you love. Yeah. And you're doing something that you love and you can feel the person that you loved watching you. Right. And I think that's a big thing. Yeah.
1: And she's there a lot.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I think every second. Yeah. Um, last question. I don't know the answer to this. And normally, with most people I ask this question to, I do. <laughs> but what is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? Unusual habit or absurd thing that I love? Yeah, something that's like, I don't know, you put peanut butter on your flip flops or. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But the only thing I can think of is. Um,
1: I'm uh, I'm 50 years old and other than sports all I watch is cartoons. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I have forever. <laughs> I just I don't know. Amazing. <laughs> it's the goofy side of me that you know, you know that's you, a you great answer. <laughs> it started, you know, you, you grow up and all of a sudden you got responsibilities and people at work wanting stuff from you and, and family. And that was just, you know, I'd just go watch cartoons to let my mind go of all that kind of stuff. And now it's other, other than sports, all
0: cartoons. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Andrew is a very big Clemson fan. And uh, one of our, one of our first couple times hanging out was after West Virginia dropped 70 on him. And uh, I still never let him forget it. (laughs) I I think your next line is what? Oh, we just scored again. They just... (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andrew, I want to thank you for being on here. And uh, we've already covered... Absolutely. You're not a big social media person. But if people wanted to find you online, how could they?
1: Well, uh, Facebook uh cl c-l-o-e-r andrew um picture of me and my jeep on there um uh, i don't <laughs> think there's too many of us but uh got this hat on i believe facebook uh, page for the barbecue team bald hog barbecue and then uh instagram bald i think underscore hog yep. on instagram and uh there's a there's not a lot on that one <laughs> i had to get my daughter to teach me how to work it After I went eight years without even posting
0: anything. So everything that I post has been in the last like eight months. I'll tell you, man, I read articles every day about social media. And I'm like, I think this might have gone beyond me. Like, (laughs) I don't know that I can do this. (laughs) But here you are leading a podcast. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's way different. I got one of my best friends, Danks. He does all the editing and everything. All I have to do is do the interview. So You're ahead of me. <laughs> right on. Wait. You don't even know when I started getting this Zoom call ready. <laughs> this has been one of my favorite interviews, man. And yeah. I appreciate you having me on. This has been fun. Absolutely. And uh, I can't wait to see you again. All right. Sounds good, buddy. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an old Virginia smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We will have another episode for you next week. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, and Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke Podcast is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021. Yes. Old Virginia Smoke